Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. Come on, is there anybody excited to be at church today? Come on, let's give Jesus a big shout of praise all over this place. I'm going to high five your neighbor say, I'm glad you made it to church. I'm glad you made it to church. I love that. I love that. I love that. Well, man, we're so glad that you're here. So glad that you're at church today, and I'm just thankful. If I've never had a chance to meet you, my name is Dustin. Uh, I get the chance to pastor here at Purpose Church, and alongside my wife and our family, man, we're just so thankful for you. Really glad that you're here, and uh, I got my egg drop shirt on, so I'll start there today. Uh, I just want to encourage you, right after this experience... Uh, in, in just a little while, we're going to be gathering together just to hear really the why, uh, even more so behind the big egg drop that we do. So we drop uh, about 30,000 Easter, there, overall there's about 35,000 Easter eggs that yes, we drop out of a helicopter, and uh, not all of them drop out of the helicopter, but I'm telling you, it is a spectacle to be at. It's pretty incredible to watch, but even more so, what I love about the egg drop is it is a huge outreach of ours as a church, and uh, literally thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people gather under under the name of Jesus. And man, we're going to declare Jesus this year. People are going to walk away. They are not going to be able to walk away without experiencing Jesus and our church. Uh, and that's where I'm asking you and I'm encouraging you. Maybe uh, for you, you haven't jumped in just yet or uh, anywhere in the church. I'm just telling you right after this experience, just stay after for just a few minutes. And uh, I just believe that we'll just share the vision of the, the egg drop. It's a little bit about the what, but more so the why and what we're doing that day and how you can be a part of that. I'm telling you, I just believe on the other side of you being faithful in that, that God's got a big purpose for you, big plan for you, and I'm excited to see that. So right after the experience, you can stay right in this room. I'm expecting between first service uh, and second service right here that this room will look like almost like this because of how many people are going to stay after and say, hey, you know what, we want to be a part. So this is the deal. This is an all call. This is not like, okay, I don't serve on the Purpose Kids team. If you call Purpose Church home and you're looking for a place to serve and jump in, I'm asking you to stay after today. All right, everybody good with that? About six of you. I said, everybody good with that? All right, good, good, good. So that's coming up right after uh, this experience, but I, I'm just excited today, and I hope you are. I hope you came to church ready to have some church today, because we're going to have some church up in here, uh, because I, I, we're starting a brand new series called What Would Jesus Do? WWJD. How many of y'all remember the bracelets back in the day? WWJD bracelets. I said we actually still have some out at the Connect Corner. We would love for you to stop by there, grab one of those, but I remember growing up with these bracelets, and uh, just literally like having to have every single color that there was. Like that was the thing to do back then, man. You were a church kid. You had all different colored kind of WWJD braces, right? And so I just remember that. But I, I love this idea and this thought of what would Jesus do, especially as it leads us up to Easter. We were actually going to do something completely different this week. I felt the Lord in my spirit just kind of shift us a little bit on, okay, we need to spend literally the next six weeks leading up and actually on Easter talking about the literal last week of Jesus' life. 
And so we're going to read today what we're going to see and what we're going to talk about is six days before Passover, which is actually six days before Jesus was to go to the cross. And so we'll talk about that, and I'm excited about it. They call it, and a lot of people in the theological world call this the Passion Week, all right? And so what I want you to think about for just a second before we get there is I want us to ask this question of all of us, because I like to ask a question just to get us all on the same page, all think in the same direction. But the question I have for all of us and the question I have for you is what would you do if you only had seven days to live? Like, think about that for just a second. What would you do if you only had a week to live, right? You had a week, seven days left of your life. How many of you know that a lot of us would live differently probably, right? A lot of us, okay, we'd be very intentional about who we're spending time with. We'd be very intentional with where we went. We'd be very intentional with the conversations that we would have, right? That would be all the things that we would take into consideration when it comes to the very last week of our life. And so what I want us to look at over the next few weeks is that very last week of Jesus' life. And if you go back to the Bible and you would open the Bible, there are four eyewitness accounts to the life of Jesus called Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Four different authors, uh, all under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the one author that wrote the Bible, right? And my, my thing is, is that there's 85 chapters in what those books are considered the Gospels. 85 chapters. And yet there's 29 of those chapters that spend it talking about the last week of Jesus' life. So how many of you know there's some pretty big weight behind the writers and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit saying, hey, this last week of his life is pretty important. So we're going to look at that together and we're going to talk about today. Actually, I'm going to back it up even a day before Passion Week actually starts. That's what a lot of people call it, Passion Week. And again, because it leads up to the moment that is the passion of our Christ, the passion of Jesus and what he did on the cross. And then not only the cross, but Saturday happened. And then, come on, somebody, Sundays are coming, right? Like Sunday happened. And we'll talk about all of those things. But I'm just believing over the next couple weeks. I mean, it's a great time to invite some people to come. Great time to get some people next to you. If, you, if this is a little bit crowded for you, we got a little bit of uh, more space in the first experience. So maybe you should invite somebody to come to the first experience next week or whatever it might be. But I'm just telling you, it's going to be, I believe, just uh, an incredible walk and journey as we look at the life, the last seven days of Jesus' life. If you're ready for that, say, I'm ready. All right, good. It's going to be fun. I'm excited about that. So I, I'm going to talk to us today, and we're going to read actually a day before literally uh, Passion Week or Holy Week begins. And we're going to start in John chapter 12. If you're ready for God's Word, say, I'm ready as well. I say, I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, cool, cool, cool. John chapter 12, verses 1. And, and again, in light of what Jesus did, this Passion Week that we're talking about, I want to just well up my job. I feel like as, as your pastor is to say, you know what, let's build some faith to have some passion like Jesus had. Like what would Jesus do? And let's find out the people around him, how would they react and respond, and how should we react and respond in accordance to Jesus' last seven days on earth. Everybody good with that? Okay, so John chapter 12, love this passage of scripture. Uh, we're going to back it up a day from Holy Week starting. It typically would start on that Sunday. We're going to actually back it up to Saturday. And this story right here that I think actually kind of kicks off all of Holy Week, honestly. If I had to, if I had to just put a little uh, Dustin McLean idea on there, I think this right here is actually the kickoff to what Jesus was going to do. So it's in John chapter 12, verse 1. And this is what the Bible says. If you're ready one more time, say, I'm ready. 
All right, John chapter 12, verse 1. It says, six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man that he had raised from the dead. Come on, if you don't know that story, like Lazarus was dead in the Bible, like for four days. All right, that's a long time. And I love the King James Version. It says, oh, Jesus, you don't want to roll that stone away because he stinketh. Come on, somebody, all right? Just like that passage of Scripture right there. So he was dead. Jesus raises him back to life. Love it so much. They're having this party at Lazarus' house. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served, and Lazarus was eating there too. Come on, somebody. Then Mary, somebody say Mary. All right, Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, and wiping his feet with her hair. And watch this right here. I love this. We'll talk about it in a second. But the house was filled with the fragrance. I love that. But Judas Iscariot. Okay, Mary has done something extravagant. Mary's done something incredible. Mary's worshiping Jesus with all that she's got. And watch, it makes somebody mad. Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him said, well, that perfume, that was worth a year's wages. Like, it should have been sold and the money given to the poor. And here's the idea. It's kind of showing his heart right here in this next verse. Not that he cared for the poor. He was actually a thief. Since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole from them uh, for himself. And Jesus replied, no, 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 leave her alone. Tap your neighbor say, leave her alone. All right, good, good, good. Leave her alone. She did this to prepare for my burial. Watch what Jesus says. You will always have the poor among you. Jesus is not saying that the poor and taking care of the people that are are less fortunate and poor among you is not important. He's not saying that. He's saying they are always going to be there. You will always have the poor. Let's go. Let's serve them. But you will not always have me here. And when all the people heard of Jesus' arrival, the Bible says that they flocked to see him and also to see Lazarus, the man that Jesus had raised from the dead. I love this scripture. We're going to talk about it today. But the title of today's message, if you're taking notes, I encourage you to do that today, all right? Because I think like 98% of people that take notes make it into heaven. Come on, somebody, right? No, it's not true. That's not true. But, but I do encourage you to take some notes because I want you to not just have this for today because we're going to talk about something that I think a lot of us think is just regulated to the church. And I think it actually should be something that you and I do with our lives. And so I want you to, I, I want to just challenge you. Today's message title is Get Loud. Come on, tap your neighbor. Say, we about to get loud. Go ahead. We about to get loud. All right? Get loud. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for us, and we're going to keep going uh, in on this together. God, thank you for today. Lord, we love you. Jesus, we honor you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Would you speak to us now in Jesus' name that we pray? And everybody said, amen. amen, amen. Come on, if you love Jesus, can we make a little bit of noise for King Jesus in this place today? Yeah. So get loud. I like this idea of get loud because I want us to understand that uh, our, our lives are all loud about something. Right? I want you to understand that. I, wanna, I want us to kind of just kind of all start on the same page understanding that all of our lives are loud about something. And here's the thing I want you to understand is that we're, what we're going to talk about today is this idea of worship. We see Mary having a worship experience that takes place that literally kicks off the week of Passion Week. And this is what I know and I want you to write down is that all of us, listen, all of us worship something, right? You need to realize that, that every one of us in this room, every one of us taking notes, every one of us in this place listening on the podcast, we all worship something. 
Right? We all worship something. And when I say that, some of y'all are like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, bro, no. I, I can't play an instrument. I can't carry a tune in the bucket. Where are y'all people at right now? You're, like, you're just making a joyful noise to the Lord is what you think. You know, like, I, just, I can't sing. Ain't no way. Anybody out there says, you know it. You can't sing, but you're singing anyway. Come on, come on. Wave your, all right, I like that. I like be proud of that right there. All right? But, but like, like, okay, I, you're saying, no, 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 Dustin, I don't, I, I'm not a worship leader. There's no way. I would never stand on the platform. I'll never lead anybody else in worship. And I just got to challenge you today. Would you and I look at our lives? Because guess what? We are all worshiping something. That we're all worshiping something. And again, I think so many times what we do is we think that worship is just what happens for 30 minutes on a Sunday morning. Right? It's really what we think is, is it. Like worship is not just what happens for 30 minutes on a Sunday. Worship is actually whatever you and I value most. That's what worship is. And that's what gets our worship. I think, I think we've got to understand worship is anything that's sitting on the throne of your life. Right, the throne of my life, anything that gets all of my passion, my attention, my, 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 my money, my focus, my energy, my effort, guess what? That's really going to point in the direction of my worship. So I want to challenge us today. And I, I want to I let you know that it's okay to have some things that you do in your life. I think a lot of times in church we can say, oh my goodness, you shouldn't have a life at all. Like you should live here, like set a cot up here. No, no, no. Like, like I'm, I'm trying to encourage you that God gives you things that you can enjoy. God gives you things that you love right like there's things that you can enjoy passions that you can be passionate about there's nothing wrong with any of that there's there's loves that you and I have in our life but here's what I want you to know and what I want us all to understand is that God he, he wants us to have those he gives us those desires God just doesn't like when those loves come ahead of him Right, Because the Bible tells us in Exodus chapter 20, when he's giving the Israelite people the Ten Commandments, hey, here's how you can really follow me. He says, you know what? Have no other gods before me, he says. You should have no little g-gods, like things that you and I chase after. God is saying, hey, 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 I don't want any of that between me and you. I don't want any of that between us. And if it is, we got to work on that. we got to get that out. That, that's called sin. we got to get rid of that. Because anything between me and you, God, like anything between us and God, is, is taking our ideas and our focus and our, our, our relationship away from God, ultimately. Because again, we're all worshiping something. Everybody is worshiping someone or something. And maybe you're looking at your life right now and you're thinking, man, I don't like what my life is producing. I don't like what's coming out of my life. I don't, like what I'm, I don't like what I'm getting. Here's my thing. If you don't like what you're becoming, evaluate what it is that you're worshiping. So, so where is your passion? Where is your, where is your um, uh, uh, just your, your followship? Where, where are those things? Because what I know is whatever I worship, I am passionate about. And whatever I'm passionate about, I will begin to follow. And whatever I follow, I eventually become. And so if I don't like what I'm becoming, i got to start take it all the way back to what am I putting my focus on and what am I worshiping? What am I giving my passion, my time, my affection, my expressions, my money, my attention, my talents to? What, whatever I'm doing in those areas will eventually and ultimately steer the direction of my life. So I'm challenging all of us today. I'm encouraging us as we start this series, WWJD, that we would be people that would worship Jesus with all that we got. That we'd be people that, that again, uh, th there's going to be things that we love, but there's going to be nothing that we love more than God. That there's going to be nothing that we love more than Jesus. Like, I love my family, but they will never take the place that Jesus is in my life. Like, I'm trying to get us there. I'm trying to get our church there. And so I, I want to challenge us with that because I see it in this scripture right here that it happens again before Holy Week takes place, before Passion Week. 
And I think I want you to understand that this right here, we can learn something from this gal named Mary who, who went all after Jesus, man, who gave, who gave up a whole lot to chase Jesus and worship Him with her life. So we're going to learn three things today, just like any good sermon has got three points. Come on, somebody, right? And they all start with the letter A. You're welcome. Come on. All right. So, so we'll all start with A, but I want to just give them to us, and I think we can learn from it. I really do think that we can learn something from the life of Mary. So if you're ready for it, say, I'm ready. All right, so this, this, literally this thing that we just read in John chapter 12, I think that the thing that we see Mary do first is that we, you and I, we should learn from her, is that we should worship Jesus with awe. A-W-E-S-O-M-E. Anybody remember that, anybody remember that cheer? Me and Olivia. Like, we the only cheerleader. Come on, Liv, right now. Come on, hop. That's what I'm talking about. Nobody remembers that, that, that cheer? A-W-E. S-O-M-E. Okay, nobody else does. We're going to stop right now because we are embarrassing ourselves in this room, okay? Like, okay, that's a, that's a cheer from back in the day when, you, like, your team was good. Maybe I was the only one in elementary school paying attention to the cheerleader, the girls over here cheering. I don't really know. But, like, the, this, this word called awe, I think, again, has been so diluted by culture. It's been so watered down because we use it all the time, Right? Like, think about it really quick. How many of us in the room would just be honest and say, you know what, I use the word awesome all the time. Your boy's got his hand raised, okay? Like, I use awesome with lots of exclamation points. Come on, somebody, right? Like, like again, if you're not getting a message from me, if it ain't got a lot of exclamation points, that ain't me, all right? It ain't somebody, because I'm using lots of exclamation points. I think a lot of stuff is awesome, right? I do. Like, come on, if you ain't had the Burrito Shack fish tacos, you're missing out because they are awesome. Come on, somebody, right? Right, Kentucky basketball yesterday, awesome, awesome. Kentucky basketball on Wednesday night against uh, uh, Vanderbilt, not awesome, all right? Come on, our racers, man, the first game against Valpo, awesome. Let's go racers, right? Yesterday, the other day against Drake, not awesome, right? Right, just wasn't a good game, wasn't awesome. Like, we use this word awesome for everything. Hey, look, how about this one? Eggs dropping out of a helicopter, Awesome. I'm just going to tell y'all. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a spectacle. Just show up. Like, just come. I'm telling you, you're gonna come to the meeting first, and then come on together. We'll be, it'll be great. But, like, we say awesome all the time. That show is awesome. That car is awesome. That house is awesome. Those shoes are awesome. And I think it's almost like the word love in the fact that we use it for everything that we almost lose its meaning. That we use it for every do- everyday normal things, and we almost lose the significance of the root of that word being this word awe. Awe is this, uh, just the definition of it, is this feeling or emotion of reverent respect mixed with a little bit of fear and a little bit of wonder. That's what awe is. Awe is, is, this, is this moment where it's almost as if you're stunned, right? Almost as if you're taken back by it. Like, wow. Wow. Like, like, that's what all is. It's like this, this moment where it becomes speechless almost. Right? This moment where you say, oh, my gracious. I, like, I, I can't even believe I'm still standing here. Like, 
There's some awe there, this wonder, this amazement, this adoration, this admiration. Like there is all of those things that are wrapped up in this word called awe. And here's what I find out in my own life. Here's what I find out and I want to encourage you with is there's nothing else in all of creation that is worthy of our awe, our amazement, our adoration, our admiration, but the God that we serve. That Jesus is the only one who is awesome, period. Come on, if we believe that, can we give him a big shout of praise in this place? Come on, I'm talking about a big shout of praise, not just a golf clap. We'll get there in a second. We'll get there. We'll get there together. Because the Bible tells us how awesome God is and how you and I, in the presence of who he is, how we should worship him. In the presence of who, how our lives should worship him. We find that in Psalm chapter 95. This is what the Bible says in verse 1. Psalm 95, 1 says, Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing songs of praises to him. For the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the mightiest of mountains. The sea belongs to him, for he made it. His hands formed the land, dry land too. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our, our maker. And I love that passage of scripture because, again, even in that passage of scripture, we're getting glimpses of all that a lot of us get from time to time, right? I don't know about you, but have you ever, has anybody ever been to the Grand Canyon, right? I went there, I drove there with our family, I didn't drive there, my, fa my family drove there when I was 12 years old, 31 hours in a car. If you can imagine me right now, imagine me as a 12 year old in a car for 31 hours, alright? Like it was not, like it was crazy, alright? We, we took every detour, Route 66, down to Texas, over, I mean all over the place. And when you finally get to the Grand Canyon, I'm just going to tell you, you're kind of at like a, whoa. It's one of those like... I really understand how small I am compared to everything I'm looking around. Right? I, it's, it's, wow. It'll, it'll take your breath away almost. And especially if you step out over the glass thing that's over, like, that's, that's, don't do that, okay? Like, there's glass that, like, goes out over the edge and you look down. You're going to be stunned real quick, okay, when you're looking 400 feet down, right? But I, I got to thinking about that. That's just a glimpse of all. I got to thinking about the fact is, how many of us love watching a, a sunset at the beach? Come on, somebody, that sounds good right now. I, I just feel the Lord calling us to plant Purpose Church, Panama City Beach, Florida. Come on, somebody, who wants to go on the launch team? Come on, let's go, all right? Like, like I love going to the beach. I love going there with our family. I mean, there's nothing like a, a sunset. And again, you can sit back and you can be like, oh my gosh, that every single day this happens. That every day there's this, oh my word, like wonder and awe. And I love how our kids say, well, where's the sun go? And I'm like, well, baby, it's God. All right, it's just God. God's got, God understands it's, it's setting and it's rising somewhere else. And there's this wonder that's there. There's this awe that's there. I think about when our kids were born. Right, there's this wonder of seeing our babies for the very first time. And there is this awe that is going on. And we get these glimpses of all. And here's the thing. We see the glimpses of all in the things that were created. How much more awe should I have for the one who spoke those things into existence? The one who holds in his hands the whole earth. The one that told the ocean where to stop. The Bible tells us, come, let us worship and bow down before the Lord our maker. Because there's nobody that deserves our all. Kind of quite like Jesus does. Come on, if we believe that, can we give him one big shout of praise in this place? 
And this, y'all listen to me. This is exactly what Mary does. Right in our passage of scripture that we read. This is exactly what she does. We see Mary herself. We find her at a dinner party. This party is being thrown for Jesus, right? It's happening. It's going on. There's lots of moving parts. There's lots of things going on. How many of y'all know if Jesus was coming to your house, that ain't like the in-laws showing up. Come on, somebody, right? It's Jesus, the perfect Jesus. You're running around. You're doing all of this stuff. You're trying to get everything perfect. You're trying to make sure everything's great. And again, I think all of us would be there. And there's all these distractions that are going on around Mary. But what we find Mary is that she is in awe of Jesus. There's plenty of other things that could grab her attention in this moment. Yet it's Jesus that she is in awe of. It's it's the one that created all that she's in awe of. And and this act of worship shows us that there is no one or nothing else more deserving of our worship than Jesus. If I can be honest, a lot of times in my own life, I get way too familiar with just coming to church and just doing church. I get way too familiar with just opening my Bible and just reading it like it's just another book. If I can be really honest, that's where sometimes we become so familiar with Jesus that we lose the wonder and awe of who he really is. My heart is and my heart for us is that today I would just try to get us back to that place where we should be. At the feet of Jesus in awe of who he is, in awe of what he has done. Amazed at the grace, forgiveness, second, third, fourth, fifth, eighth, hundredth chance that he has given us, right? That's, that's where I'm trying to get us today. That's where I'm trying to get our hearts at today. That's where I'm trying to rev up on the inside of you this passion that Jesus had for you. Let's have a passion for him. And it starts with a little bit of awe, right? It starts with a little bit of wonder and amazement to the God that we serve. My question for you would be, when was the last time that you were stunned and in awe of the presence of God? Like, when was the last time? When was the last time you had to just stop and say, wow, I'm overcome with how incredible God is. When is the last time? I think if you have to think back a little ways, come on, we got some work to do in that. We got some work in our heart. Okay, let's, let's be people that are, that, are, that are worshiping Jesus with awe. Everybody good? Okay, that's so number one. Number two, I want you to do this, and I think Mary did it perfectly. She worshiped Jesus with abandon. Right, we'll talk about that in a second. So we're going to worship Jesus with awe, this wonder, this, inc- God, you are incredible. Like, Lord, you are, you are so great. You are so vast. I'm, I'm really nothing compared to you, God. That's that awe, that wonder that's there. And I'm going to ask you and I to worship with abandon. Like our life, to worship with abandon. What does that mean? It's this, that no matter what it costs, I'm chasing after Jesus. No matter what it costs. No matter what happens. Mary did this. Right, Mary worshiped Jesus with abandon. Think about it for just a second. Like, like uh, she is washing his hair, her, her, his feet with her hair. Okay, like I want to think about it for a second. Like they had dusty roads, they had some dirt, they had some mud, they had some animal, you know, droppings that would be that they had to step over or go through or mud, whatever it might be. Okay, so like if you could just take it in for just a second. Like this is not a, a lovely environment, right? 
This is not a lovely thing that is going on. This is not like a moment where, oh my gosh, well, she, could, she could do wash her hair, uh, wash his hair uh, uh, in a sink after she gets done. No, no, no. Could not do that. Like literally there was going to be a lot of uh, uh, commotion that would happen around this idea that she is washing Jesus' feet. Nasty feet. Come on. How many of y'all know feet is nasty? All right, sorry. But like if you can imagine for a second, she is washing Jesus' feet with her hair. She's saying, you know what? I don't care. I don't care what it takes. I, I don't care what anybody else says. I don't care what it might look like. I, I don't care what the cost might be, my reputation. I don't care what, what that may look like. Guess what? I'm going after Jesus. I'm going to the one spot that literally knelt down on my knees before Jesus, worshiping him with abandon. She wasn't embarrassed. She wasn't hiding. And she definitely was not ashamed. And I, I'm reminded of Romans 1.16, one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. Romans 1.16, it says this, For I am not ashamed of the good news about Jesus, about Christ. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. The good news, the gospel, tells us how God makes us right in his sight. See, listen to me. I'm challenged, and I want to challenge all of us as a church. May we never be embarrassed. May we never be ashamed. May we never be hiding. May we have a little fun when it comes to worshiping Jesus. May we get a little bit excited when it comes to worship Jesus. Other people might be looking at it and say, oh, that might be a little bit extravagant. But don't mind me as I'm singing. Don't mind me as I'm shouting. Don't mind me as I'm clapping. Why? Because I'm trying to tell God how thankful I am for his goodness and for making Making us right with him. So come on, it might get a little loud, but come on, we're worshiping the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I think sometimes when we come into church, we got it all wrong, right? We come into church and we got this platform up here and we got the lights and we got all this stuff going on. There's people and we're jumping and singing. I love all of it and I enjoy all of it. And a lot of times I think what we can do is get, con like we can get confused on who the actual audience is. Right? We think when we're sitting in this seat out here that, that, that we're the audience if we're sitting there, if we're out in the crowd. And I just got to remind some of us today that there is an audience, but it is not you and I, and it never will be you and I. Every person that's in this room who is a follower of Jesus are a part of a holy chorus and assembly of God's people, and our audience is one. Our audience is singular, and it is the Almighty God. It is King Jesus. There's one name that we point to. There's one name that we sing about. There's one name that we adore, and we are collectively here to lift up our name of our Savior, Creator, Redeemer, and Restorer, and His name is Jesus. Come on, if you're thankful for that, can we worship with a little bit of abandon right now? Can we thank Him for what He's done? Can we lift our hands? Can we clap our hands and shout unto God with a voice of triumph? He's worthy. He's worthy of it all. You may be thinking, you know what, sometimes I get embarrassed, sometimes I want to lift my hands, sometimes I want to clap, sometimes I want to dance, sometimes I want to kneel, but, but what would the person next to me think? What, 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 what would my parents think? Like, what would my spouse think? And I came to remind some of us today that they are not your audience, but that God is our audience. I got to thinking, I love these signs, let me, let me, I'm running off the stage right now. Sorry, everybody. All right. 
Sorry, I feel like Vanna White now. I got to show it off to everybody. Here we go. Okay, okay. So the, these, are, these are signs that are on the way in as you come into this auditorium, right? And this sign right here, it says, you are entering a room full of... Oh, I just broke it. I don't think I did. I think we're okay. You're entering a room full of faith. Watch what, watch what we say right here. Feel free to stand, sing, shout, clap, lift your hands, engage, participate, and join in. We love a loud church because celebration is our response. And my heart for us is that, yes, this would be the sign that is said of our church, that we are going to be a loud church, but I also would want this to be a sign of your life. That if you could wear this, it would be really awkward if you wore it around your neck, but if you could, and everywhere you go, you would say this, you're entering the zone of somebody that's full of faith. So if I happen to stand and praise Jesus, don't mind me. If I happen to sing and praise Jesus, don't mind me. Shout, clap, lift your hands, engage, participate, and join in. Guess what? Don't mind me because I'm a loud church, because I am the church. And the church of Jesus lives on the inside of me, and he is the Holy Spirit that has given me everything I need for life and godliness. So come on. If we are the church of Jesus, can we give him a big shout of praise? Can we give him some praise in this place? Can we thank him for what he's done? Come on, you anybody thankful for God? Is there anybody thankful? Listen, there's going to be a moment in your life, and even in the life of our church, and people are going to look at you and say, oh, that looks a little different. It looks a little different. And here's the thing. If they're not saying that to you, then you and I are probably not giving the worship to Jesus that he's due. Because that's exactly what they told Mary. Hey, stop that. You shouldn't do that. People began, around Mary began talking after she worshipped Jesus with abandon. But isn't it funny that the same people that told Mary to stop worshipping Jesus with abandon were the same ones that had hypocrisy in their heart. And I'm just challenging us today. Like, let's be a church lives this out. Let's be people that lives this out. Isn't it funny how on Saturday, like you can go and hoop and holler and jump up and down, raise your hands, do all that stuff, and you're called a fan, right? Like I am a fan of the University of Kentucky basketball and the University of Murray State University racers. Like I love both of those schools, right? I am a fan on Saturday. Isn't it wild that you can do all of those things on Saturday and be called a fan, but if you do them on Sunday for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, you're a fanatic. Isn't that wild? But I'm just calling all of our church, man, listen, let's worship Jesus with abandon. Doesn't matter, no matter the cost, no matter what people might say. Yeah, 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 your church, man, I heard it's like really loud. You know why it's loud? Because of what Jesus has done. Because of who he is and because of what he's done. Listen, y'all, I can't help but give him praise. And I can just imagine for a second Mary being in this exact same moment. She said, I just can't help but give Jesus all the worship. I just can't help but literally pour out a year's worth of expenses at his feet. I'm going to worship him with abandon. Why? Because I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen mute mouths speak. I've seen the lame walk. I've seen my friend far from God come to faith in Jesus. I've seen the diagnosis reversed. And it could only happen because of Jesus. I've experienced the peace in me that there was no peace around me. 
seen. I've seen dead things like my brother Lazarus come back to life. I've been forgiven. I've been redeemed. I've been set free. And because of what he's done, listen, I can't help but shout. Because of what he's done, I can't help but clap. Because of what he's done, I can't help but lift my voice, participate, and tell him he's good. Thank God for what he's done and tell him that I love him. Come on. Can we worship Jesus for five seconds? Can we give him all the praise, honor, and glory that King Jesus is worthy of? Come on. I'm not just a fan of Jesus. Yeah, I'm a fanatic. I'm all about Jesus. I'm all because of Jesus. It's nothing on my own. It's only by the power, his might, and his strength. Come on. Give him ten more seconds of some praise. He's worthy. He's worthy of it all. He's worthy. Psalm 150. Go ahead, sound. Come on. We're going to have a little bit more church, and we're going to have some communion together. It's going to be, I just can't wait. Like, I'm just telling y'all, let's, let's worship Jesus with abandon. Just what Psalm 150 says. Praise the Lord. That word praise is a Greek word, halal, which we get hallelujah from. All right? So y'all have been to the church where they say hallelujah. Come on, somebody, right? Be saying that. Okay. That literally means to shine, to make a show of, to boast about, to celebrate, to rave, to be clamorously foolish about. That's what that word praise literally translates. And I, I think, again, why does church at Purpose Church look more like a party than a funeral? It's because we're trying to give a little hallel to our God. We're trying to give a little praise to our God. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heaven. Praise Him for His mighty works. Praise His unequaled greatness. Praise Him with the blast of the ram's horn. Praise Him with the lyre and the harp. Praise Him with the tambourine and dancing for all the Pentecostals in the room. Come on, somebody, right? Praise Him with strings and flutes. Praise Him with a clash of cymbals. Praise Him with loud clanging cymbals. Let everything that has breath sing praises to our Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on. Can we just thank God for what He's done? Can we give him a little hallel? Can we give him a little praise? Can we give God, the King of kings and Lord of lords, that's worthy of it, five more seconds of some praise. Let's worship him with abandon. Let's worship him with all. Let's worship him with abandon. Let's land this plane together. Let's worship him with all. A-L-L. So we had A-W-E. Now let's worship him with all. A-L-L. I love what Mark has to say in Mark 12, verse 30. It's our Bible reading for this. We're reading the Bible through uh, as an entire church through the whole year. And on today's reading, which is wild, this verse is one that we read. And I love it so much because I think this is what God is asking us to do. And this is what we see Mary do. Hey, you must love the Lord your God. This is Jesus quoting the Older Testament. You must love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Somebody say all. All your soul, all your mind. Somebody say all. All of your strength. So listen to me. All my heart, all my soul, worship Jesus with all my emotions, worship Jesus with all my affections, worship Jesus with all of my mind, worship Jesus with all of my attention, my strengths, my gifts, my talents, my abilities. I'm going to worship Jesus with all that I've got. And we see Mary do that. I think, I think it's wild to think about it, that when we worship we're showing him that we love him. I'm going to love God. And love, I don't know about y'all, but love can make you do some dumb things. Come on, somebody, right? Right? I remember when Allie and I were dating, and I mean, I lived in Paducah at the time, and she lived here in Murray, and I was driving no matter the time. I would drive 
to go see her. Didn't matter, all right? Could be at 2 a.m., she's having a gallbladder attack. I'm driving, aren't you? I'm driving to the hospital. When a, not now, you're not having a gallbladder attack now, are you? Okay, good. <laughs> Sorry. Say, okay, good. Good, shut this service down, we gotta go, okay. But I remember her having that, and guess what? I was willing to show up. I get about four miles a gallon on my truck. No money. You know, I could, I mean, and I'm driving. You know why? Because love will make you do crazy things. Right? I mean, I think about that for our kids, our family. Like, love will make you do some pretty crazy things. And you may be thinking, you know what? I don't have to do all that. I got God in my heart. And I understand that. I get that. That we're not all wired the same. And we're not all, all the same personality. We don't all have the same upbringing and background of church. But can you imagine if I said, I don't got to do all that. I got, I got God in my heart. Can you imagine if I said that to my wife? How many of y'all know we'd be in counseling this afternoon? Come on, somebody, right? I, I, no, no, no. I, I, I don't got to love you. I got you in my heart. No hug for you today, though. No hug. Right? Can you imagine for just a second if I said that to her? Again, we'd be either in counseling or the hospital. One of the two, all right? <laughs> Because this is what I know about love. Love will make you do some wild things. Love will make you do some crazy things. But love is always expressed. Like it's always expressed. And I love this about the God that we serve. Is that God didn't just tell us that he loved us. But he expressed his love for us. John 3.16 For God so loved the world. If it stopped there, that's great. But he didn't just love us. But he gave his one and only son. That if anybody will believe in him, will not perish but have everlasting life. His love was expressed. It was demonstrated. Romans 5, 8. One of my favorite scriptures in all of the Bible because of the fact that this helped point out the sin in my life. That even while I was still sinning, that God demonstrates his own love for us. That even while we're sinners, Christ died for us. And he demonstrated his love. And I love this about Mary. I love this that Mary was willing to give it all that she got. All that she had. I'm going to worship Jesus with all. I'm going to worship him with abandon. I'm going to worship him with all that she had. And watch what happens. When she did that, look at me. It affected other people in the room. Right? The Bible says that the fragrance in verse 3 filled the entire room. So, so what does that tell me? Is that her worship affected the atmosphere and the people around her. So my challenge for us, I want you to think about it in yourself right now. Is the way you're worshiping with your life affecting anybody around you right now for the cause of Christ? Like, like that's my question for us. Is that, okay, as a church, how we worship, like are we worshiping with all? Are we just coming in the door and being like, ah, it's just another Sunday? And I just want to have a, this heart for us. It's never just another Sunday. And we, got to, we get to be in the presence of the Almighty God. We get to sing His praises. We get to remember what He's done. And I just, I, I can't prove this. I can't prove this, but I like how in the Bible it goes from John chapter 12, 1 through 9 that we read. And if you go over to the next page, it begins to talk about how the next day, the news that Jesus was on His way to Jerusalem swept through the city. And I got to thinking about that. And I love how a, another gospel writer puts it in Luke. But I got to thinking in my heart, I can't prove this, again, this is just kind of me inferring a few things. But I just have to believe that her worship in that house might have been the catalyst that spilled out into the streets that ultimately as Jesus is making his way to Jerusalem. 
to accomplish the purpose that he came for. And I just got to thinking, the next day Jesus begins his ascension into the city. I believe that this act of worship that she had of all abandoned and all was actually the kickoff to the whole week. That it might have been the kickoff. That, that she prepared his body for burial. And I love how Luke 19 says it. In verse 36, it says, As he rode along, this is Jesus, as he's making his way into the city, the crowd spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. And when he reached the place where the road started down the mountain of olives, watch what it says, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles that they had seen. Blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in earth and glory in the highest heavens. But watch what they said. They're worshiping Jesus with all and abandoned and all. And watch what happens. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said, Hey, teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like this. And I love the response that Jesus gives in verse 40. He said, well, if they keep quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. And you know what? We love a loud church. You know why? Because we can't stay silent. Listen, it might get loud, but don't mind our noise. That's just the sound of freedom. It might get loud, but don't mind our noise. That's the sound of forgiveness and mercy and healing and restoration and a second chance. That's just the sound of revival fire burning deep. That's just the sound of a generation rising up. A church willing to do whatever it takes to point people to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the bright and morning star, the Alpha and the Omega, the Prince of Peace, the name above all names, and that name is Jesus. Come on, won't you stand to your feet? Can we give God all the praise? Can we give Him all the glory? Can we give Him all the honor that King Jesus deserves? Come on, ain't no rock gonna take our spot. Ain't nobody gonna worship Jesus louder than what he's done for us. Come on, give him a big shout of praise in this place. Stay standing here. If you're not standing, go ahead and jump up on your feet. I just got to tell you, man, I just, I felt like the Lord was saying, hey, let's go after him together. Let's worship Jesus with all abandon and all. And I got to thinking, when was the last time maybe you find yourself not, not doing that right now? And I think what happens is we forget about the wonderful miracles that we've seen. The number one miracle being salvation through Jesus. Now, I just got to ask you if, you, if you're not worshiping Jesus with awe and abandon and all that you've got, listen, have you forgotten the day that he saved you? I just want to challenge you with that. And maybe you've forgotten what that was like. Have you forgotten who you were before you met Jesus? And I pray that today would be a reminder of, of who you were, but that you will, as we, as we take communion in just a few minutes, that we will remember who he said we are and what he's given us and the life that he has given us, that that would be a, a moment for you that almost stuns you for just a second. You're in awe and wonder of the one that gave his life for you. I just pray that that would happen today, that again, we're not coming to church just to have church. And we're going, we're going to experience Jesus. And maybe you're in here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. I just want to tell you it's the best decision that you can make. So again, in my own life, I've tried to go after and worship other things that would never fulfill me. I don't, I don't know if you've ever been there. 
Man, I went after things that I thought were going to satisfy me. I thought that they were going to just, just crave, like this craving that I had for, for something. Like I thought they were going to curb that appetite, and it never did. It just, I had to go further, I had to go farther, I had to do more. And I just, I just, I just want to just encourage you today. Like, would you, would you come to Jesus? Not to, not to a man, not me, not, not just to this church. Listen, I love that, that you're here. But would you come to the feet of Jesus like Mary did? Would you just give your life to him? Would you say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I need you. I think some of us in the room that you are Christians, if you're not worshiping with awe and abandon and all, I want you just to think back to where you were before Jesus today. So maybe you're in here and you've never prayed to receive Jesus. Here's what I'm going to ask everybody across the room. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes all the way across this place? Would we be people that just says, hey, we're going to do, we're going we're gonna to do some work with God right now. Maybe you're in here and you've never given your life to Jesus. I love Romans 5.8 because it kind of sums up the gospel really in a, in a good little verse. And it says again, but God demonstrated his, loan for, his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So you've got to understand that all of us in this room have got sin in our life. We've, got, we've, got, we've missed the mark including a guy with a microphone in his hand. And you know what we've done? We've missed the mark. And guess what? That's called sin. We can't do anything to make that right on our own, but only Jesus, his love that he had for us, came and he went to the cross for us. And man, that is the greatest news that you and I could ever have and could ever receive is the fact that Jesus came, gave his life for us, and has asked for our sin in return. So maybe you're here and you need to give your life to Jesus today. If that's you, would you just say, Something like this, doesn't have to be word for word, but I want you to say it in your heart. Say something like this. Dear Jesus, would you come in my life? Would you save me? Would you forgive me? I believe you died on the cross. I believe they put your body in the tomb. But I believe that three days later you got out of the grave. I want to make you Lord of my life today. You can have all of me. I'm all in. Heart, soul, mind, strength. I'm all yours, Jesus. Be the Lord of my life today. Maybe you prayed that. Maybe you prayed something like that, but you just asked Jesus to come into your life to save you. I just want to tell you, you just made the best decision that you'll ever make in your life. That there is literally a party that is going on in heaven when one person repents, when one person turns to Jesus and Guess what? We want to be a church that celebrates that. Not only celebrates that, but walks it out with you. Walks this, this new relationship that you have with Jesus. Man, we want to walk there. Be there right there beside you. Encouraging you. Answering any questions that you might have. And so maybe you're in here and you just were prayed to receive Jesus. I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand. Say, hey, that's me. I just gave my life to Jesus. And you can drop it right back down. Say, hey, that's me. I just gave my heart to Jesus. And you can drop it right back down. Awesome. Somebody else say, hey, it's me. Awesome. Well, I'm going to ask in just a second that, that if you just raised your hand, two couple ways that you can let us know that you made that decision is that on that connection card that's right in front of you in your, in your seat pocket, there's a, a QR code. All you got to do is take your camera on your phone and point that at that. It'll take you to a place where you're just going to have to select. Just say, hey, today I said yes to Jesus. And give us a little bit of information. We're not going to blow your phone up. But, man, we want to come alongside of you. We want to help answer any questions you might have. That's one way you can let us know. You can also let us know out at the Connect Corner. 
when we dismiss in a few minutes, you can let somebody on our team out there know, hey, today I just received Jesus. We want to give you a Bible, a new believer's God. Man, we want to walk this thing out with you. So I love that so much. So Purpose Church, can we lift our heads and can we give Jesus all the praise, honor, and glory for salvation being in the room today? Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.